He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. Brodo, Brodo. It on in a flash. He did the match. Brodo, Brodo. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the castle. Happy Halloween. Happy Week smash. 8. It is the Monster Mash. Who is going to Monster Mash their way into our hearts this Week 8 and lead us to fantasy victory? I'm your host, Tim Patrop. Of course, he were my brother. Only one brother today, but still. Some would say, some would say, some would call him a special guest. Others would call him, uh... An asshole. But those those people are, are you know, they're assholes too. So it's legit right. the worst intro <laughs> you've ever done. It's supposed to be a holiday. We're supposed to be having fun. Do you know what it is, it's man? Billy Ferrickson's day. I've been doing <laughs> what? It's from SpongeBob. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I've been doing corny Halloween shit all day. I'm a teacher, for those who don't know. Um I've been doing hor- uh, hor- wow, no. Corny Halloween. Corny Halloween shit all Watch yourself there, Tim. day. Yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been doing it. So I'm done with corny Halloween stuff. I'm done with it. And you I made me. Burned. And you wanted to it's play fine. Monster Mash, so like I, I I leaned right into it. You know what I mean? Don't make me blow up your spot, dude. About what? We're about to start recording, and Tim goes, "Hold on, I want to start with something Halloweeny." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but Jason was like Monster Mash, and I was like, "Okay, that's like the corniest thing I've ever heard," but I'm down. Monster Mash a banger. Uh, either way, whose monster is going to mash this week? That's what we're here to tell you. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday. It feels weird to be here on a Friday. I'm not going to lie. Our first ever Friday episode. Uh, welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 8, Part 2, and it begins. When does it begin, Jason? Right now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is Halloween, and we are here. Bro- week 8, week eight officially the halfway point of the fantasy season. Um, we are officially halfway through. At this time, in a what, little over 50%. Well, we got 16 weeks. A little under at this point. Week oh, eight. I thought you meant like the regular season. No, no, the the fantasy regular season. I mean, if you're championships in in week seventeen, I don't know if you could change that now, but that needs to change in your league. That's that's not something you're gonna want to do. Um, but obviously Michael is not here. Shout out to Michael. Uh, but we are taking control of the reins. We had a special podcast about the first uh, four games of the week. If you have not checked that out, please do. It is uh, part one. Of this series, so check that out. So, are you um, suggesting that this is part two? No, that's not what I'm suggesting at all. No, never. <laughs> I will never. When you when I wasn't on the episode, the amount of guys you got times you guys said duh, fucking oh my god, it drove me insane. It drove me insane. Why we, like, that's why we did it. Yo, if I was, if I, uh, I know, and it worked. It worked completely. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Check us out at brotofantasy.com too. We just dropped a couple of articles, including our sleepers and busts, our buy low, sell high, and our 20 stats you need to know before going into Sunday. Um, before we get into everything, we are going to help you to a fantasy championship. That is our goal. That is the mission. And that's what we've done a lot in the past, not to pat ourselves on the back, but hey, kudos. <laughs> Sometimes kudos are in order. Uh, kudos. Um, if you want to celebrate that championship the correct way, 
PartyBelts.com is the place to do it. If you go to PartyBelts.com right now, you can get a dope looking fantasy championship that is completely customizable and completely one size fit all that also has beer holders on the thing. On the belt, so you could serve your friends while serving your friends. Uh, these things, we found them online. We thought they were cool. We got cool with the owner, and now we both have a partnership like this. Uh, Party Belts uh, is the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. And don't fast belt. Yep, and don't forget Thrive Fantasy. Use our code Thrive Fantasy. Oh, by the way, Brodo is the promo code in the last one. Sorry, I forgot that. B-R-O-T-O, uh, 15% off. The second one is BROTO20, and that's for Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy two zero, is, Yeah, 2-0. Two, two that's that's usually that. how you make 20. Um, Not T-W-E-N-T-Y, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is basically a new way to play fantasy where you're betting props, uh, overs and unders on players. You get their odds. You get um, points for each one that you get right. You make a team of 10. The person with the most points wins, just like regular fantasy, but you make a team of prop bets. So if you think you're good at, at predicting who's going to have big games and stuff like that, there you go, right there. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, it kind of lends itself right to fantasy. Use the code BROTO20, that's B-R-O-T-O-2-0, and you can get... Good job. Uh, <laughs> and you can get a deposit match between $20 and $50 if you're a first-time user. Go get that because you put in $50 and all of a sudden you got 100 in your account and you can turn that 100 into bankrolls. Uh, so go check that out. Again, that is ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. All right, Jason. I think it's time. We have a lot of games to get to, so I think it's time yeah, we just get to these games. I want to start off with the, the game of the week, in my opinion. Nothing brings me back to my childhood. Uh, I would say like my teenage years, like a classic Steelers Ravens game where yeah, slobber knocker. just a slobber knocker where the teams, both teams have great defenses, but somehow the score always ends up being 30s on the other side. And it always comes down to the final score. And, you know, Ed, Troy Palomalo and Ed Reed and those defenses and Ben Roethlisberger and his comebacks and Joe Flacco in the day and the running backs, Willis McGahee. Th that was what I loved watching. And, and this year... The Steelers and the Ravens are finally on top again. It's been a little while since these two have been at the top at the same time. Last year was supposed to be that case, but Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. They're at it again. Let's start on the Steelers' side. Deontay Johnson. Woo-hoo! I have a lot of Deontay Johnson stock, and I was so happy to see what was happening because, look, you could always theorize it that he likes Deontay Johnson and that he loves throwing to him. But at the end of the day, Ben Roethlisberger missed the entire season last year and Chase Claypool was a rookie. So there was always a chance that that could get usurped. Uh, he didn't. 15 targets and even in a bad um, even in a bad matchup, he's a full participant in practice. How do you feel about Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson, give me all of that. Um, I think, honestly, us over anyone, we all just... We just knew he was going to come back and be the star there. Like, yo, he is a budding star. He's an insane route runner, and that's something that they highly value over in Pittsburgh. So we just knew that he was going to – health is the only question mark. As long as Deontay, John, Deontay Johnson is healthy, you fire him up. I don't care if it's a matchup against the Ravens. Because if you look at the other options, Chase Claypool had one target last week. He's a boom-bust option at this point at best, unless Johnson gets hurt to get hurt again. And then, dude. Not only have the Ravens allowed only the ninth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, so Deontay Johnson's really the only person I could trust in this um, 
on this team. Zero touchdowns to slot receivers this year. Yeah. That, uh, Do you know who their slot receiver is? Dudu Smith Schuster. <laughs> Dudu. Oh, damn. You went there. Dudu. <laughs> this week, he is going to be Dudu Smith Schuster, not Juju Smith Schuster. I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Jason. I, I hear where you're at. Um, throughout the year, it's going to be hard to predict which two out of these three guys. I think two out of three of them go off almost every game. Um, I think Claypool has a chance this week. I don't know. Uh, but he would be a dart throw, like Jason said. I would stay far away from Juju. Let's go to James Conner. Baltimore Connor. hasn't allowed a quarterback one either, so Big Ben's not going to be in for a good day either. Um, okay, so would you want to talk Big Ben? No, you don't. Uh, I don't. don't I mean, I don't you're not starting quarterback. Him. You should start this week. Yeah, stay away from quarterbacks against the Ravens. I think that's uh, unless you're playing one of the you know the top guys like Kyler Murray or something. Um, James Conner. Let's go to him. Got a TD overturn last week and then dropped an easy touchdown. So he went from. Uh, a great game to a mediocre game where you were like, oh my God, I'm, I'm missing out on so many points right now. Uh, Snell, I, I feel like it was punishment. He got the carry after he dropped the easy touchdown. I think yep. he's an RB1 this week, even though it's Steelers-Ravens because the ball will be run. Um, Baltimore is very good against the run, but I just think James Conner is going to be part of the game plan, so I, I, I'm going to start him. James Conner's always an RB1. I don't understand what people are doing. He has two back-to-back 20-carry games. Doing? Over 80 yards in both. He had five targets last week. I just... Maybe my voice is weird right now because I just can't comprehend what I'm saying. Like, I don't know why people don't see what we see. It's James... Like, They're playing the Ravens. He had, he had a touchdown in four straight games before last week. If he had a touchdown last week, he would have been a top 12 running back again. You fire up James Conner, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eric Ebron... Upcoming schedule for Eric Ebron after this game is a beautiful thing. Um, he's facing a, a bunch of when you go to Yahoo, it, the it, whole they, team, dude. Yeah, the whole team. The, the Steelers are about to turn up. I'm, I'm very Jason. I'm happy I didn't make the trade with you before for Dante Johnson. Uh, but uh, no, no, the Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. Though. Anyway, uh, yeah, Eric Ebron. His it's just green lights down the whole thing. Um, but this time, yeah, there's better options. Yeah, you said it. Um, this week is not the best week for Eric Ebron. He's 10th in true target value, so he has been seeing more work recently. Big Ben's been decently efficient. So he's a back-end tight end one, meaning when he has tough matchups like this, he's extremely touchdown dependent, and I'm I'm not going to bank on a touchdown this week. Uh, Are you good on this one? Let's go over to the Ravens side. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson last season did not finish as a QB1 in only one game. That one game was against the Steelers. Um, he's the QB 12 on the year right now. He's averaging less than 200 yards per game passing. Excuse me. Steelers are allowing the second least rush yards a game to QBs. And sometimes that's like, that's like when you say about tight ends, like, oh, they're first against tight ends, but they've played teams that don't use a tight end. It's kind of the same way with quarterbacks and running. But then I went and looked deeper. Deshaun Watson against them only had one rush for five yards. Carson Wentz had four rushes for 11 yards. That's the big one because Carson Wentz at that time where he was held to four rushes for 11 yards was balling in terms of his running capabilities. In fact, the game before that, he had seven rushes for 37 yards, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion. The game after that, he was five for 49 with a rushing TD and a two-point conversion. So he rushed in. He was killing it in the rushing game, sandwiched around this game. So... Each of those guys also were sacked five times each. So it's just like, yo, 
Lamar Jackson's already kind of sucking. It's already kind of a, a bad situation. I, I, how is it crazy to say sit Lamar Jackson? Is it crazy? Tim. You can't really do it. Bit. But it, uh, fuck, I mean, bro. it depends who, like, look, maybe if you picked up Tom Brady the other day, but even against the Giants, there's a risk that they go up early and they just run the ball. Maybe if you picked up Justin Herbert, but Denver is not a good matchup. Look, you just have to keep rolling out Lamar Jackson because you know what? That's what you did when you spent a second round pick on a quarterback. You did this to yourself, person <laughs> listening, who has Lamar Jackson. So, and I mean, look, there's always upside, right? He went 14 for 70 last season on the ground against Pittsburgh. But he also threw for one touchdown and had three interceptions. So it's going to be dependent on the f- run game. And as you said, the run game has not been um, good against the Steelers this year. And I think the person who's been... What's the opposite of benefiting? Um, Schmenefitting. Oh, sh- sh- the person who's been schmenefitting <laughs> the most from <laughs> Lamar Jackson's <laughs> fall is Mark Andrews. Last yeah. year, he averaged... 11.8 yards per target. And everyone's like, yo, this year he's just not getting the downfield looks. He's just not getting the downfield looks. He's touchdown dependent. That's not true. This year, he's at 11.1 yards per target. So basically the same rate of yards per target. The problem is his catchable ball t- rate is 10% less than it was last year. And 10% is a large decline. So he's seeing, if he's seeing six targets a game, or let's say six targets a game, that's up to two targets per game that are not as catchable as they were last year. That's big fantasy production. That's 40 yards right there. So, or, or in terms of the average, that's 22 yards right there. Maybe a touchdown, uh, some momentum, right? So Mark Andrews is right now a, a victim of, of Lamar Jackson. 100%, but that was the concern, right? And he's eighth in true, throw value, true target value now. Not the He was top three last season, even though the Volume wasn't fully there, so it absolutely has been the result of Lamar being less um, less efficient. And against Pittsburgh, I don't see that changing much. Hollywood Brown is someone that I actually like this week. Um, one of the reasons is the Steelers are a great defense. Right now, they're ranked number three overall in DVOA at defense overall. But they have one weakness, and that's been big plays. They've given up 24 plays of over 20 yards in just six games this year. That's towards the top of the league. Hollywood Brown cashes out in those situations. I think if you're finding yourself, we're either going to have a, a slug it out, slobber knocker game where the play action is going to be effective and Hollywood can get one, or we're going to have a game where the Ravens are going to be throwing from behind and he can get one then. So I think... A lot of game scripts look good in this game for Hollywood to to catch a long one. Yeah, but that's always what you're depending on with Hollywood, catching a long one. So, like, you can throw him out there. It's He's gotten more work this season, which is great. He actually hasn't had a game less than six targets. Again, it has to do with Lamar Jackson's efficiency. But this is a good game um, because if Pittsburgh is getting beat, it's through the air. Mark Ingram listed as doubtful. It looks like he might not play in this one. So... I mean, the, bus. the Steelers have been amazing against the run. They have been the best team in the league against the run. Uh, so far, if you started your running back against the Steelers, you have been sad. Uh, unless, unless you, unless you, t- if you take away a one run by Miles Sanders, then you've been sad. Mark Ingram gonna miss the game. So, what do you think, Jason? Is it Gus Bus? Uh, this is this this does seem like more of a Gus Bus game. 
Or is it J.K. Dobbins? No, yeah, I think so. There's always the risk that they come out of the bye and Dobbins gets more work, but that's just a theory that people like to say. Um, what we really know is that it's tough to score points against the Steelers. So if you're going to start either one of them, you're asking yourself which one is more likely to score a touchdown. And the answer is Gus the Bus. Um, John Harbaugh has said that he likes Gus closing games out for the Ravens. He's shown that he likes to use Gus even when he has Ingram and Dobbins on the field. And then when Ingram went out last week, Edwards had 14 rushes. So I think Gus has some flex appeal. Dobbins does too, but I prefer Edwards. You starting anyone else in this game or considering anyone else in this game? Nah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Jets at the Chiefs. I'm going to make this very clear. No Jets. No. Um, I don't want uh, any of them. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. I mean, I, I there's one, maybe, maybe two. I don't know. I know you're going to tell me about Samaji Piran. Go ahead. I mean, not Samaji. Uh, LaMichael. LaMichael. Go ahead. Tell me about LaMichael. The Chiefs are one of only three teams to allow 800-plus rushing yards this season. The Chiefs have allowed eight different running backs run for at least 60 yards. The Chiefs, where am I? I lost my train of thought. The Chiefs are bad against the running back. They're a run funnel defense. And P. Ryan last week had 70% snap share. That didn't just come out of nowhere. The best thing about a Gase offense, this is a joke, by the way, they run the ball even when they're down 30. P. Ryan is going to get work. He even saw three targets last week. And if we're talking Jets players who you might want to start, Crowder and Perriman are both out. So, hello, Mr. Denzel Mims. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. This yeah, guy Mims, can see yes. 14 targets. Mims, yes. I don't know I don't know if I want to start P. Ryan. I don't know. He man. legitimately can see 14 targets. I, He's I, the I, only receiver. I'm in on Mims. I'm in on Mims. And he saw seven targets last week in his first game ever. This does, I, I don't really know what else to say. This is all volume based. Those are the only two people who are going to get the ball next uh, this week, and that's why they have appeal. Twenty twenty seems like the year of the the new wave of wide receivers coming into the league. Like the older generation is kind of getting pushed out, um, and like I know Julio Jones has been has been killing it, uh, but like Mike Evans is and the, the you know the the older generation guys, and now the new guys are coming in and. I'm going to play with that narrative, too. I think I think Mims goes in. Uh, let's go to the Chiefs, because this is a game where the Chiefs are... Are you, are you ready for this line, Jason? 20-and-a-half-point sure. favorites. 20-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites. It's too um, low. Yeah. So what does that do? Because let's talk about the, the big the elephant in the room, the Le'Veon Bell revenge game. You buying in? Maybe, man. If this game gets ugly fast which, let's be real, it might. Um, they might want to just get Le'Veon Bell involved and not even to get revenge, but to um, acclimate him to the offense. And you know what? The revenge is a cherry right on top. Le'Veon Bell came in last week and immediately played 33% of the snaps. Um, CEH had a decent game as well. It was just a weird game for the Chiefs. Like We should just ignore all the stat lines from that game because... Uh, like their defense did most of the work. They they put up like 21 points with Mahomes seeing without even with Mahomes not even seeing the field. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was effective last week though, 39 rushing yards on just six carries. So I'm not completely sold on him as an option yet. I think he does have some flex appeal. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Ceh, I'm still riding out as well because this is not the Jets defense of last year that's good against the run. I'm starting Le'Veon Bell in the flex. The first time I'm starting Le'Veon Bell since week one in the league, in the one league where I drafted him, 
I'm a little excited. I'm not going to lie. That team sucks. So uh, I don't have much to lose in that one. Um, let's see. The what? answer outside of Tyreek Hill is no, Tim. I don't know. I I'm think I like, McCall, I, I like McCall Hardman in this game. Dude, Pierre, DeMarcus Pierre Robinson, Desir has been f- fucking trash. Demarcus Robinson plays every snap two weeks ago. Comes back next week. Last week catches one ball. Patrick Mahomes barely throws the ball against Denver. Like... Byron Pringle returned the punt, and he sees some snaps at wide receiver. Outside of Tyreek Hill, the answer is no. Because even when Sammy Watkins is healthy, he's a bum ass. I don't know. They just know. I'm, t- I'm tired of people trying to... Like, yo, Hardman might catch an 80-yard touchdown against the Jets. What are the odds of that? Or he could catch two. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, man. I'm starting McCall Hardman in another one of my leagues, and I'm happy about it. I like... I, Why? Cause, what did his... Because of the matchup. Because for 57 do for you last week? What it is two for fifty seven? It doesn't matter what it did for me. That's last week. This year he's playing the Jets. He's playing Pierre Desir, who's literally been burned every game. He has one. Game he's gonna get game burned again. The top thirty six this year. And this is about to be a second one. Let's Come bet on it. Hardman. Let's bet it. You got to text Michael though to put it down in the in the book. Bet what? Hardman top what? Thirty six. All right, I'm down. All right, Hardman top 36. Let's get it. Next game over the Rams at the Dolphins. Um, we do a, a Sleepers and Bus article. My bus is the entire Dolphins. First game with two attack of Iola. Well then. Say it again. Well then. First game with two attack of Iola. So you don't know what you're getting with that, first of all. Second of all, yo, this guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, he was the emotional leader of that team. He was the clubhouse leader of that team. He was the on-field leader of that team. And they were balling. They were absolutely crushing. In the I, I say what their um in the article I say what their their d- differential was in terms of score. But it was they like were 90 to 30 or some shit. A hundred and something to thirty. And they are killing teams. Three of the last four games are three and four. They took Seattle to what looked like could have been a win up until the, the end. This is a team that was in it. And this came out of nowhere. And on top of that, Ryan Fitzpatrick expressed how sad he was. How un... I don't know how un... Like, how surprised he is. How unhappy he was with it. I think the team gets a letdown here. I think they they missed their captain. I think they don't really know how to adjust for the first game. And I think that that's a real thing. And... On top of that, they're playing a Rams team that absolutely destroyed everyone last week. Absolutely crushed everything about everything. Aaron Donald was a complete monster. Their defense has been fire because their running game has been so good. They look like the Rams of two years ago again. No Dolphins for me whatsoever. Wipe them off the board. Uh, I mean, I, I get your sentiment, but it's just not realistic. Like, you're starting Miles Gaskin. The best or... part about all of this is, like, you're not. there's no expectation for a— You haven't been relying on a, on a Dolphin. Miles Gaskin, potentially. If your team sucks, sure. You're relying on Miles. Yo, Mon- let's, not, let's not let a bye week, um, like, forget what Gaskin's done. He's been a top 10 running back each of the last two weeks before the bye week. He had at least— 22 touches in both games like and if they lean on him more with a rookie quarterback then you will hate yourself for sitting Gaskin but I agree with the sentiment when it comes to tight ends and wide receivers um I can still roll out Parker because I think Devontae Parker is good enough to make plays even if the throws aren't perfect he's done that for Fitz 
Um, I think this is more of a sit back and see who Tua likes type game. Maybe Isaiah Ford becomes more involved. Let's go over to the Ram side. Goff has been below average fantasy-wise each of the last, I mean, three of the last four games. Uh, Dolphin secondary has been good. I'd rather play someone else over Goff this week. A go for Goff. What? Go for Goff. It's from a movie. You don't know the movie? I agree with you. Uh, Jared Goff just, you know, he hasn't been great this season. Um, let's be honest. He has two top eight games up besides that, and one of them was against Washington. So does that really count? Um, McVay is back to, like, like you said, they look like the team from two years ago um, without Todd Gurley. Just back to using their running backs. Dude, Daryl Henderson, believe it or not, um, is third in the league in red zone opportunities. He has seen 28% of the Rams' red zone opportunities. Only Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott have seen more than that. So when you're that dedicated to the run game going down the field, and then when you're that dedicated to the run game when you get to the end zone, it doesn't leave much for Goff. And um, right now, it's it's good for Zeke and Cup because it's more of a funnel offense. But even Cup has been struggling recently. He would. So, what? You said Zeke and Cup. Woods and Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so both of them um, are seeing a little bit less targets, but Josh Reynolds and Higby are... Um, not Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby are cannibalizing each other. This offense isn't the prettiest one on earth right now for fantasy purposes. So I want to stay away from Jared Goff. Woods and Cup, I'm still firing up because even though Cup had a few down weeks, the Dolphins slot cornerback, Nick Needham, is in Needham some help. Facts. <laughs> Facts, he sucks. Cooper Nailed Cup, it. I'm, I'm, I'm firing up Cooper Cup. I, I would bet him for a touchdown. In the Monday show, I said Todd Gurley is the most guaranteed player to get a touchdown this week. Uh, I think Cooper Cup is the second most guaranteed player to get a touchdown this week. Gerald Everett, um, Higby, I'm just looking up right now. The Friday practice reports aren't out yet in terms of what Higby did, but he was limited um, on Thursday. And when we say limited, like he walked through. like He wasn't allowed to do anything besides the walkthrough. So if Higby misses, I think Gerald Everett could be a a good play here. There's always... um room for a Rams tight end to be a good play. And if one of the Rams tight ends is injured, that's the time for it. Um, so if Higby is out, cause it, cause right now they're both seeing three to four targets a game, but if that becomes eight targets for one person, that changes everything. So I agree. Keep an eye out on Tyler Higby. Let's go to the Colts and the lions in our next game. Is, unless you want to talk about, you know, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson. No. All right. No, uh, Colts, I don't want to talk about those guys. Colts at the Lions. Jonathan Taylor coming out of the bye. Jason said that people love to talk about rookies coming out of the bye, but, but it's a narrative that exists for a reason. It's because it's, it's usually true. We saw it with DeAndre Swift already this year. Colts coming out of the bye now. Lions have been absolute trash against the running back. Fifth most points per game given up to the running back position. Is this finally Jonathan Taylor's coming out party? You hope damn so, man, because this guy had the hype coming out of college. He's had the volume coming out of college. Just got to do it. And right now is the matchup to do it. Detroit just made um, Todd Gurley look like the Todd Gurley of old after we just saw him last night look like the Todd Gurley of night of 2094. Jeez, those knees are beat up. You know um, what? So Something that needs to be said, though, that, that wasn't said a lot by fantasy analysts today. Todd Gurley was coming off a game where they played Sunday night, correct? If I'm, if I'm not mistaken? Dude, I don't care about... Nah, Sunday like, night to a fatigue. Thursday, it, you have to care. 
When you're talking about a guy who has arthritic knees, you have to you have to limit his workload. I don't think I, I hear a lot of fantasy analysts like go out get. He didn't Brian. play on a Sunday night, by the way. He, he they played the Lions. It was that crazy game. Was it the one o'clock game? The one o'clock game. Either way, they played on a Sunday. Then they there's a short turnaround. You got a guy with arthritic knees that have sh- that has shown a propensity to just like slow down in his knees to get hurt. They, I he, he's been getting all the work. Like I don't think it's the Brian Hill takeover that everyone thinks is happening. But Tim, uh, propensity evidence is not allowed in law. All right, so don't, don't give me propensity I, evidence I in even, fantasy. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea. I could try to guess, but I I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, it's a good week to fire him up. Hopefully, he has that breakout game. If he doesn't, then it looks like you're just stuck with an RB two all week, all the season. So you're just not going to explain what it is. You're just going to be like, I'm, I I know law terms. I'm not going to say anything. You're going to be that guy. All right, fine, fine. Be that what way. Are you talking? About? I didn't know you actually wanted me to describe. What is propensity? You I'm said taking it. an evidence class. Propensity? What are you talking about? What is propensity, like propensity evidence? To do right, right. What does that mean? Like you want to bring into evidence to be like, oh, this guy oh, has a guy. propensity of. That's stupid people. that that doesn't count because it should. The propensity. idea is you don't want to use past acts to predict future ones or the one in front of you. Well, uh, they don't actually have any input on what happened here. Except you lawyers probably suck at fantasy. Because this, this is why it's kept out because you and the jury would be like, oh, he stabbed someone before? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> well, Trey Burton, he scored two TDs last time. He's going to do it again. No, I'm just playing. But seriously, Trey Burton is a good game because a good one in this matchup. One one thing that people don't uh, realize that I mentioned on the Monday pod, Frank Reich it was Trey Burton's coach. He was his offensive coordinator with the Eagles. He brings him over. He's finally healthy. As soon as he's healthy, he sees the most targets on the field. Uh, then he he runs a wildcat play. He had a touchdown in the end zone. Detroit has been good against the tight end. But again, like we said, this is... You know, it's subjective. Their best tight end they faced was Hayden Hurst. Like, that's the best tight end they faced so far. So, Trey Burton could do something against them. Saw the most targets last week. Saw the most snaps last week. Had the most routes run last week. And now he's coming out of a bye where he could, like, get into the offense for real. I think we're about to see some some Trey Burton being a staple in some tight end lineups, maybe. Yeah, you got it right. Um, I always take tight end matchups with a grain of salt because there just aren't a lot of teams that use tight ends these days. Phillip Rivers is 28th in true target value, so the volume needs to keep up for Burton, and Mo Cox might be healthy again. Jack Doyle is going to play, so we need to see if those targets are going to stay there when all three are healthy, but I am okay with firing up Burton this week because... Honestly, when it comes to truth or values for Phillip Rivers, it doesn't matter when it comes to tight ends because he's just going to pepper them regardless. Uh, right now, the the receivers and the Colts don't look like something that you're really excited about starting in, in general. Jack, I mean, Zach Pascal caught a touchdown. Nice touchdown last game. Marcus Johnson, 100 yards last game. T.Y. Hilton, obviously not the guy you expected. I Honestly, I, I might like Johnson and... Pascal Morris, Dart throws and T.Y. Hilton. I think at this point, the the way you have to look at these players is Pascal Johnson Hilton for the for ROS for the rest of the season. ROS. I mean, Hilton's done nothing all year. He has one game within the top thirty six, and that was six for sixty nine against Cleveland. Big whoop. I'd rather take a shot on Pascal or Johnson. Um, one of one of those three is probably gonna have a good game. It's it's your guess. I have, I'm starting Pascal in one league because I think that he's 
a little underrated. I feel like every time he's thrust into a bigger role, he produces. And last time he was out there, he did produce. Uh, anything else in this game? Um, yeah, the entire Lions offense. Oh, right. We forgot the Lions. Damn it. I Don't almost, say we. Don't say how, we how, forgot. I'm, I'm going to say we. I am. Because fuck it. You guys forgot one the other day. You I understand. Did. Now you can't make fun of me no more. Matt Stafford sucks, huh? It's not that he sucks. He's a good yeah, player. What the fuck? But the fantasy version, like the fantasy, the little fantasy icon that, with the name Matt Stafford, that thing sucks. The player is really good, and his coaching staff is wasting him. But that guy that you see there on your on your computer screen and on your app sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, Kenny Galladay does yeah. not, though. I really like Kenny Galladay in this game. Yo, um, Indy was great against the. Indy's been a good defense all year, but things change. And over the last four weeks, they've allowed the tenth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the low because people like to um, anchoring bias. It's called remember the first thing that they see and they think the Colts past defense has been amazing, but over the past four weeks, it hasn't been. So keep firing up Galladay. Marvin Jones finally got involved last week. Nah, but who knows if that bum ass no. is going to do anything. No. So let's, no. let's not let's, hop onto the Marvin Jones not, train again. Why so mean? Why so mean to Marvin? He's been good. He not this good. year, but he's been good in general. Don't call him a bum ass. He's just having an off year. I mean, he, he got old. He's over the hill. You're not being nice right now, Jason. I don't like this. I'm not a nice. I'm not a nice. See, some people analyst. will call you an asshole. Ah. <laughs> that, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> um, uh, any of the other pass catching options uh, outside of that? Danny Amendola, you saw him get involved. You're not. You're not getting a. No, but I'll talk about T.J. Hawkinson because this guy yeah. just continues to produce. Um, like the ceiling hasn't been met yet, but there hasn't been a game uh, that he has seen less than four targets, and every time he's seen. Uh, like every time he has a small amount of yardage, he finds the end zone. This is now three games in a row as well. He found the end zone against Jacksonville. They ran three plays in a row at like the three targeting TJ Hawkinson until he caught it the third time. Um, so that's clearly his role in the offense. He caught the touchdown that won them the game against Atlanta. So you're, you keep firing up TJ Hawkinson and hopefully they do start utilizing him more. If you're in the tight end landscape right now and you somehow got yourself some TJ, you got to be feeling good about a tight end that's looking up at this point. Um, There's definitely potential. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of potential, DeAndre Swift has that had... A, it would have been a better transition if he didn't pause for 12 seconds. I actually pressed the pause button because I had to sneeze. I'm on the computer. I did not know that. <laughs> so the people had no idea that I took a pause. Uh, DeAndre Swift took a pause in sucking to be good. After the bye week, like, look, people were afraid of the snaps, but it's the touches that matter, not the snaps. And he proved that last game. I mean, at this point, it's his backfield, no? No. <sighs> not playing time-wise. Like, you would hope for it to be. Look, Carries-wise, it is, though. No, he had nine carries last week. Uh, I mean, touches-wise. He had, like, 15 touches. Adrian Peterson still continues to lead that backfield, as upsetting as it is. Adrian Peterson had all right. AP had twelve touches last week. So for the I don't care. one of the first times Swift out touched him last week, but it's not like a it was thirteen touches. Let's just stop talking about touches. It's still AP's backfield at the moment, and you hope that the playing time changes. Um, the positive with DeAndre Swift because he only played forty five percent of the snaps last week. You just you're just banking on the the um that's you're just not, banking on the potential. That's not only. 
That's phenomenal news because the week before right, it was in the low 30s. Uh, what I was going to say, because I was going to give him credit, was he now has five touchdowns in six career games. And some people just have a knack for the end zone. And that would be six touchdowns for six games if that. he didn't drop that game winner early in the season. So he has a nose for it. So the, the downside isn't what you would think it is for someone with so much potential. Let me just say that. He's only had one game outside of the top 31 running backs in half PPR. He's an every week starter in this. At it's, least it's, it's intriguing. Like his floor is so high for someone who you wouldn't think. Uh, yeah, he's been great. He, it, it's clearly obvious where this is going. It's it's going to be his backfield. Even if he doesn't, even if he's on that field for 55% of snaps, it's his backfield. Kind of like a, because he's going to see the work kind of like an Alvin Kamara two years ago type of situation. Um, all right, now are you ready to get out of this game? Always. Let's move on to the top two teams in the AFC East, the Patriots and the are Bills. Are the Patriots a top two team? You're right. Are the Dolphins I'm not just, ahead of them? I'm just so so used to saying that. It's yes. kind of crazy. Yo, the Dolphins are ahead of the Patriots. Yeah, 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 they are. That's <laughs> That was an overlook on my part. Look, I'm having someone – I'm having trouble finding someone on the Patriots – that I would play. Um, maybe James White. Dude, this is fucking Jets treatment. Except the Jets finally have players you can play. The Patriots don't. Don't fuck out of here with running backs on that team. Look, we'll get to James White. But like legit running backs, Harris, Burkhead. No, Cam Newton's the best runner on that team. And Cam Newton can't throw a football. And don't tell me about Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry is injured. He's out. Julian Edelman's injured. He's out. Who is Cam Newton going to throw to? And why would you even want to touch these guys? Like, it's just an ugly-ass offense. And there's always the chance that Cam Newton runs in a few touchdowns, right? Like, I have him at quarterback 13 because you never know. He might do that. But it's just a disgusting offense. And when the offense is looking disgusting, James White's also looking disgusting. So you know what? I'll shit on him, too. Last week, he had one catch for three yards. Another week one, he had three catches for 30 yards. And then there were two weeks where he had more catches. Like, when the New England offense is not rolling good, James White is not rolling good. And I don't I, I don't want anyone on the offense. This is also one game of four games that are supposed to be in big-time bad weather. So the games that are supposed to be in big-time bad weather, Las Vegas and Cleveland, we talked to you about that matchup in the first pod. Uh, but adjust accordingly because I'm about to drop some knowledge on you. Minnesota at Green Bay, New Orleans at Chicago, and this one, New England at Buffalo. So one of the guys we like to to follow, Scott Barrett, he's, a, he's one of the people we respect in, the, in this game. Um, he did data. Since 2000, if there's wind gusts between 10 and 19 miles per hour, uh, on average, the quarterback loses about fantasy points per game. So no big deal. When the winds go up to 20 miles an hour or more, they lose 1.71 miles per hour. And points per game. I'm sorry, points per game. You've heard this before if you're listening to any type of fantasy. 20 miles per hour is the kind of cutoff where now you have to start considering it and now it affects throws. Um, I liked Baker. I like David Carr, uh, Derek Carr. I don't know if I if I like them anymore after that. But let's get to the game that we're at. Um, Josh Allen 
has not been good. This game does not set up with Josh Allen's strengths, although he has a good arm, so maybe it does set up for Josh Allen's strengths. How do you feel about yeah. Josh Allen in this game? I think that all of everything you can just said can go suck it. Okay. Look, unless it's super high wins. <laughs> it is. Like super high wins. I'm not really that concerned. These are NFL quarterbacks, man. They can throw the ball very fast. And also, minus 1.7 is supposed to get me scared. Like I'm still starting Josh Allen minus 1.7 over Jared Goff. So whatever. And yeah, Josh Allen's been worse. And maybe the wind leads to him rushing more. That would be nice. Um, but he has rushed more the last two weeks with eight rushes and 11 rushes. So while his throwing has been worse recently, he's rushed more. And the only reason he didn't do great against the Jets is because he never found the end zone. That team was was destroying the Jets. They just couldn't get it in in the red zone. He's also getting Josh, uh, John Brown back. John Brown has always been a... A good player went on the field. So I'm firing up Josh Allen. Stefan Gilmore also leaving, which leads to the next question. Stefan Diggs has also had an up and down time. This is what we talked about with Stefan Diggs that we kind of thought was going away with Josh Allen. But here we go again a little bit with jo- with Diggs where it's up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. How do you feel about Diggs? Yeah, we got to take this with a grain of salt because New England hasn't allowed a 300-yard passing game yet. Um, they haven't allowed a touchdown in the last two weeks to a quarterback. In those two weeks, they've had four interceptions. Stephon Diggs in three of his last five games hasn't surpassed 50 yards. So all the signs point to a down Diggs game. Um, I say grain of salt because Stephon Gilmore is out now. And this is the defensive player of the year from last season. And um, he had COVID at one point, but that was the point where the Patriots had a bye week. So he's been out there every single week for the Patriots. And he's been playing pretty well. So... Like you, that is something you need to take into consideration. I'm not fading Stefan Diggs, although if he has another bad week, it's concerning. I'm I'm also okay with throwing John Brown out. Like he's been good when healthy this season. I don't know what's been going on the last few weeks, but he was a full participant this week. They think he's healthy, and the first two weeks of the season, he found the end zone both times when he was healthy. Last year, he was Josh Allen's number one receiver. Was what was so great about him was he had such a high floor. He's putting up at least 10 points every game. So I'm going to, I'm okay with firing up John Brown as a wide receiver three flex. If you're scared of the matchup, you could look elsewhere, but I'm okay with it. Um, Speaking of which, dude. Yes. This running back situation. Yeah, it's ugly. I, in my opinion, I think Zach Moss is ready to take over the role from Derek, Devin Singletary. Dude, I mean, it's never going to be uh, one guy's the most, but I feel like if if Moss keeps outperforming Singletary, there's no reason why they wouldn't make the switch to who's getting the lion's share of the carries. The issue is that the Bills just aren't running. Singletary in three games in a row, 11 rushes, 10 rushes, 8 rushes. And it's not like Zach Moss was around for all those games. Zach Moss has only been back for two of those games where he had five rushes and seven rushes. So this is a pass-first offense now. Josh Allen threw the ball over 40 times against the Jets. What? So, like, it's it's ugly because right now it's a low-volume, two-headed backfield. The fuck you want to do? What the fuck you want those guys for? Against a team that's going to going to be good defensively. 
Um, yeah. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Maybe some uh, tight end action? No. Don't forget your bee's knees, boy. Oh, I can't. How did I forget the bee's knees? You know why? The bee's knees almost handed me an L. I, I missed out on an L from the bee's knees. He was Johnny's 12 best targets. Player. The, the dude's been bowling. Targets. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you say it, Jason. I'll say it. I'm not a believer. What? Huh? Nah. I actually think he's a decent start this week. You uh, got. You have to pay attention. And then this you is, saw his face. Now you're a believer. Seven not targets. Not a trace. Not a doubt in your mind. Last week, it seems like with Josh Allen's struggles, he's went to beastly more. So, I'm okay with him as a wide receiver three flex. But I'm. I'm still not loving it. Like I'd still rather take an upside shot on Denzel Mims, for example. Okay, let's go on to our next game. It is the Titans and the Bengals. Look, the Titans are a f- yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Start yeah. your Titans. I don't know, man. Corey Davis is in is in a little bit of a, a harder situation. Uh, you know I don't count Corey Davis. What about Adam Humphreys? <laughs> Adam Humphreys. No, no. As Mackenzie long as, as, long as Corey good. Davis is back, you're not starting Adam Humphreys. Okay, so then you're starting your regular Titans. You start your AJ Browns. You well, start you your Ryan start. Tannehill. You I'm, I'm start your Derrick Henrys. You done? You, you know what's funny? You talked every single second except when I wanted you to. <laughs> I was saying I'm doing this one for Michael because Michael sent me some notes, so I'll tell you. Corey Davis had 10 targets last week, three games inside the top 32 this year, and one inside the top 41. He's a solid wide receiver three flex as long as he keeps getting targets. All right, man? Don't just ignore Corey Davis. <laughs> you kind of sound like Michael. <laughs> Like a, a whinier Michael, you sounded like. That's oh, the Corey it. Davis analysis. That was great. That was great. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the Bengals side. AJ then. Brown, overall wide receiver one potential. Yeah, and I think uh, same with Derrick Henry at the running back position. And same yeah, with you don't you really same don't with need Ryan, to it. Same with Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback. If we're gonna go for that matter, especially if he continues doing what he's doing. Uh, the Bengals. Yeah. AJ Green's John target share. Did, did you say John? I think you did. Oh, we have not talked about John. Sorry. Look, basically, it's the tight end super efficient offense against the awful Cincinnati defense. So start him. Like the, that's what we're getting at. Yeah, and jo- Jonah Smith too had a bad game last week. Don't be, don't fret. Buy low if you can. Yeah. Try to sure. get him between now and Sunday. I picked him up in a league where we play with some. We it's like a fun league where we play with like our our wives and girlfriends and uh, some fam and some like other couples. Oof, that was that was too easy. Sometimes I feel bad in that league. Um, let's go over to the Bengals. AJ Green's target share over twenty eight percent in each of the last two games. Yeah, right when it was time to give up hope on AJ Green, he's like, "I'm not done yet, old man." Rivers is back. Yep. Uh, uh, you, how do you feel about him? Yeah, and the Tennessee Titans are a team that does not do well against wide receivers. Um, they've allowed the fourth most completions and targets to receivers. And guess what? The only three teams ahead of them have not had a bye yet. So that's the only reason probably why they're not first in allowing completions. So when you have an offense that's super efficient as well, you score. And you run the score up. So I'm loving Burrow, Geo, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and I'm okay with A.J. Green as well. Like, I think that this is going to be a great week for all of them. They're going to have to put up points against Tennessee, and Tennessee can't stop receivers. And Gio Bernard, even if he's not going to get work on the ground, is going to get passing work. 
And I said last week, Joe Mixon has one game past 13 and a half PPR point, half PPR points. I guarantee Gio scores 14 or more. And guess what? Gio scored 14 or more. That's what happens. So if you have Mixon and Gio, be happy Mixon's out because Gio's going to do better. And start Gio Bernard if you don't have Mixon. Uh, yeah, follow us at Brodo Fantasy uh, if you want to read about Jason's Jason's hate for Joe Mixon once a day at least. Um, let's go over to uh, no, actually let's not go over it anywhere yet because I do want to say that this Cincinnati offense not only is it scoring and is it supporting because we didn't mention T Higgins besides just like start T Higgins, but I'm starting T Higgins as well. He's become he he looks every bit like the guy that they drafted him to be. Uh, with the first pick in the second round, he looks dominant. He's dominant out there, and he's dominating um, in terms of rookiness, right? So he's not dominating like 200 yards a game, but he's dominating for a rookie. Joe Burrow has been dominating a, dominating a quarterback for a rookie. He's on pace to break the rookie record for most yards, for most throwing yards. Uh, let me say, too, last week, um, Joe Burrow's 30th in true throw value. He has not been great efficiency-wise, but that's because he's throwing the ball 50 times a game. Anyway, I'll let you finish now. Joe Burrow had his best true throw value game last season. Last, uh, week. last week, sorry. Even better. And one of the reasons why Joe Burrow's true throw value is not there is because the touchdowns, he should be scoring way more touchdowns. Right now, Joe Burrow is twenty at second worst, so 30, 31st in the league of the starters. Second worst rate in the league on throws into the end zone. But he has the most throws to the end zone. 27 of his throws have gone into the end zone. How many do you think he's connected on, Jason? Uh, you're going to say a small number. Five. So this this offense, you could read that one way. Okay, this offense, is, you know, Joe Burrow is a rookie and he's having trouble in the end zone and he sucks, whatever, whatever. Or you could look at it the logical way and it's this has even more room to grow. And if and this defense sucks, so if it's going to keep growing like this, the Bengals' offense is an offense that I want every part of, um, except Joe Mixon. All right, let's go over to the next game. It is the Saints at the Bears. This is another uh, one Bears. that's supposed to be big wind, which means it's probably going to be big runs. Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. It's interesting here because they're going to get the ball, I believe, because Joe Drew Brees, not not throwing the ball with the same oomph or the same speed or the same zip that he used to. Michael Thomas is out. So usually in those cases, you're like, definitely Alvin Kamara, possibly Latavius Murray, definitely Jared Cook. But this is a Bears defense that has been really solid. So what are your expectations for these guys who you were saying in the past, definitely? And what about the outside guys that are sometimes a dart throw that's going to be hard to hit the bullseye against against this defense? Yeah, first of all, when it comes to Latavius Murray, you're talking to the wrong person about this definitely thing because even last week I wasn't on the Murray train. I never want to start Latavius Murray. Fine, he'll find the end zone sometimes in the week, and then at the end of the season he'll end up being running back 32. Good for you. I'm not going to start you. I'm not saying that he's a consideration every week. What I'm saying is he's a consideration every time there's a scenario like this. I disagree. I never start him. Okay. I think he is, but whatever. And uh, as to Alvin Kamara, he hasn't scored in back-to-back games, yet ended as the PPR running back 13 and 5. Like, he's as bulletproof as they come. I don't care if it's the Bears. He's a top-12 running back without even finding the end zone. 
But um, I think your words of caution come to fruition more when it comes to the other positions. Jared Cook a little less so because even last week, four targets, but he caught a touchdown. Uh, the week before that, three targets, but he caught a touchdown. He's Drew Brees' um, red zone target right now, and that's why he's relevant for tight ends. Receivers, though, it's kind of a crapshoot. Marcus Callaway comes out of nowhere with 10 targets last week. The Bears have a very good defense, though. Traquan Smith only had four targets. Can't really trust him. Um, so I'm not. I, I I don't I don't like I don't like relying on those guys. Yeah, I, I agree. For yo, I for some reason I stopped and I was waiting for Michael to talk. I had like a a brain fart. Um, I mean, okay, so so you're staying away from Drew Brees then too? Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, anyone else want to talk about for the Saints? No, not really. Um, this could be a game where if you're gonna start Taysom Hill, they'll probably use some Taysom. What the fuck Hill. is Taysom Hill gonna do? But <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying they'll probably he'll probably get the ball. He's gonna score a touchdown now. So maybe. Uh, let's go over to the Bears side because you're also talking about it, an offense that struggles. Uh, I would say I love the opportunity for David Montgomery, but this guy gets RB one opportunity every week and does absolutely horseshit with it. Correct. So like, what do we? What do you do? Because he's gonna get the opportunity again. So what do you do? Correct. The answer to all of this is just correct. He's <laughs> going to get a lot of work. What do you do? Tell us. Tell us, David Montgomery. What do we do with you? Look, at the end of the day, this is four weeks in a row with a top 30 finish. So while you may think he has RB1 potential due to his volume, he doesn't. We've seen enough. He's not good. But he's going to see a lot of volume. If ideally David Montgomery is your flex play. If Montgomery is in your flex, you have a good enough team. You're fine. But if you have Montgomery as your RB1 or RB2, you're not happy. Um, so that's how I feel about this. New Orleans is a very good run defense. And it's not like the offense has looked any better with Nick Foles behind the helm. The only positive is that David Montgomery has been catching passes since um, Cohen went down. And if Cohen was still on the team, Montgomery probably wouldn't be flex-worthy. So be happy that you have a flex player. And that's about it. Looks like Allen Robinson might miss this game. I think yeah. that you're actually getting saved in a sense because... I think you're going to want to play him in a juicy matchup against the Saints secondary. But I think the Saints secondary has been playing worse than they are. If you look at the names there, those guys didn't just stop playing football, forget how to play football. They're all in their primes. They're not injured. Something's just going wrong. Something's not making sense. And a game like this against Nick Foles in the wind, I think they might have a chance to, to bounce back a little bit. And... I think playing Allen Robinson might have been a trap this game. With that being said, he's probably not going to play. So, do you play anyone else? Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller. Can you play? And any if of these we're guys? talking wind, it's not like Nick Foles is the strongest arm on earth. Right, right. He he's, he's known the for king throwing. of the. He's the king of the rainbow. Yeah, the Ephus. Yeah, <laughs> the Ephus. Ephus is more fun to say than rainbow. <laughs> so look, we've established the Darnell Mooney line here on this Proto Podcast, and um, it's been pretty low recently, and. I don't even know if Tim knows what we're talking about because we established that me and Michael alone. We start the the Darnell Mooney line. We ask, is this guy going to pass the Darnell Mooney line? <laughs> I told and ever you. since we started doing that, Darnell Mooney hasn't even come close to being a top thirty six receiver. So I don't trust him or well, Anthony Miller. You said you modeled it after the Mendoza line in baseball, which is also exactly, which, which is just bad. Right? Which also could be true because Mendoza didn't actually bat two hundred. He was just the oh, worst. He was just the worst hitter on his team. And somehow the Mendoza line got called the Mendoza line. Um, 
But yeah, he didn't. If it was based anymore. on average these days, it would be the every player in the MLB except Jeff McNeil line. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't get me started on the MLB, please. Um, although the the Mets got sold today, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, to the today. richest man, the Mets got sold today to the richest man in the league by three times. Get He's your, going, going to save us. Get your, get your pocketbooks ready. Yeah. Let's go over to the next game, the 49ers at the Seahawks. A classic matchup. Um, let me say this, man. The Seattle Seahawks Yeesh. defense, if you don't know how bad they've been, I will they let die. you know right now. Seattle has been giving up 369 passing yards per game. That is a whole 35 yards a game more than at the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons are the only team to go over 300. I, I want to put this in perspective with you guys. Up until right now, the Seattle Seahawks have given the most, given up the most yards ever in the history of football. They've given up the most passing yards ever through six weeks. Another perspective, the Lions gave up a league-worst 284 passing yards per game last year. That's 369 this year for the Seahawks. No team since 2004 has ever ended the season with over 300 passing yards per game given up. And these guys got 369. To say they are historically bad is an understatement. In terms of fantasy yeah. points, they're giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the quarterback, the most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver, the ninth fantasy points per game, uh, I'm sorry, nine more fantasy points per game than the second worst team, the Browns to wide receiver. Nine points. That's a whole wide receiver three worth of points that Seattle's giving up every single game. I swear to you, wide receiver against Seattle is like saying tight end against Arizona last year. Yes. Give me it all. And even in games where the the wide receivers don't don't seem like a great play, Brandon Ayuk is one of my favorite sleepers this week. I'm starting him everywhere I can. And if you can, you do it too. Because Debo Samuel is out, and they're going to get Ayuk the ball, period. And they're going to do it against the worst secondary in NFL history. I'm done talking. Yes, now. I agree. I think you're firing up Brandon Ayuk. I don't care like what your team looks like. You basically need to have Ayuk in your lineup. I concur with you, Tim. I think the other, the real question is Kendrick Bourne. We've seen Kendrick Maybe. Bourne step up at times for the 49ers. Um, he's also been not that good. Like every time there's a game where he gets a lot of points, he's basically dropping a pass at some point. <laughs> like just what he does. And then when people are healthy, he doesn't really see any targets. Last week, he had one target. So, like, you wish there were more options. Trent Taylor maybe can do something. Like, they're going to score. And it's not just... You know what? Maybe it will be. Maybe it will just be the running backs, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. But there is dart throw potential for Kendrick Bourne in this game. Uh, what about the running backs? Uh, it's really up in the air right now. We don't know who's going to get the carries. We already don't know who's going to get the carries when Raheem Mostert's out. And now to make things more complicated, Jerick McKinnon has tired legs, quote-unquote. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Wilson has been limited, so he might still play, even though he has a high ankle sprain. 
I don't know what, what's going on with that. I'm not banking on Jeff Wilson playing. It's basically look, Jamichael Hasty right now is with Coleman. Col- Tevin Coleman. What, That's the question. Who? I, I don't know how. I want to start someone in this game, but I don't know who. I don't yeah, know who to start. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Look, rumor has it. I mean, John Lynch even said it, so it's not really a rumor that they were um, running Tevin Coleman into the ground in practice. They were really getting him involved, and if he's healthy and if he's active, I am firing up Tevin Coleman. And if he's not active, I'm firing up Jamichael Hasty. And I think ideally, in terms of fantasy, you want Coleman to be inactive so you know that you could start Hasty and love it. Um, but as someone who has Tevin Coleman <laughs> in a league where I have CMC as well, I am going to start Coleman if he's active. This game has a lot of upside. This is a run-first offense, man. I have Coleman. Like, even... This might be the first time a quarterback against the Seahawks isn't ranked inside the top 12 just because this offense is so run heavy. I was so, going to say, how do you feel about Jimmy G? Yeah, I mean, there's streaming potential there. The floor is super high against the Seahawks. But, like, how can you feel about him? He's a guy who gets the ball to his running backs and tight end. Like, he doesn't do much. All his passes to Debo Samuel are behind the line of scrimmage. Samuel's injured, of course. But, like, you can fire him up. I don't hate it, um, but it's not the best. Uh, 49, uh, oh, 49, obviously we're on the 49ers at the Seahawks. Uh, let's go over to the Seahawks. This running game, what the hell's going on? Yo, let me, real quick though. Apparently Chris gonna... Carson might play. Dude, right? <laughs> what? What the fuck's going on? And it's the And it's a late game? Like no one's really saying anything about Travis Homer except for the fact that he's not practicing, but then like he's still expected to play. Carlos Hyde was expected to play all week, but then it's listed as doubtful. Chris Carson was the clear no brainer, and all of a sudden he's limited and might play. No one's saying a word about DJ Dallas. What's going on is the correct thing to say. I don't know. Keep like, up with us on Friday Twitter. And I don't know. Imagine yeah. if it was Wednesday. Yeah, as as much as we know, we will give you on Twitter. At Brodo Fantasy, at Brodo FF Jason, at Brodo FF Tim. But at Brodo Fantasy is where you're going to want to, B-R-O-T-O Fantasy, by the way, is where you're going to want to follow us because that's where we'll give you the up-to-date information and our reactions. Because we, I mean, we have react. The 49ers are not a good matchup anyway. The Seahawks are going to have to pass again. They will pass. I don't know if the Seahawks running back is a good play regardless, unless it's Carlos Hyde, because I think Carlos Hyde is the only one that is guaranteed to get Touches, even if Chris Carson plays, there's no guarantee that he's not like in a limited role. I think if Chris Carson doesn't play, Carlos Hyde does play, they'll run Carlos Hyde into the ground. So from a fantasy perspective, like you said, with Jermichael Hasty, it's the other side. You're, you're going to want to see Hyde as the starting running back. Um, I might disagree with you. Um, just because I feel like the Seahawks have been a very pass-happy offense this season, and most of the running back points honestly have come through the air. And Carlos Hyde is probably the least pass-catchable running back on that team. So I think that, honestly, the offense might run better and you might see more fantasy points if, say, DJ Dallas was the starting running back instead of Carlos Hyde. Hmm. Interesting. DJ. But if they're both healthy, you need to start Hyde because he's going to be the next man up. DJ Dallas with the coolest name. Although Hyde is doubtful, so I don't know why we're talking about Hyde. Yeah, I mean, again. Who the fuck knows? Bro? Who the fuck knows? Chris Carson wasn't supposed to play like a few weeks ago either, and then he suited up. I'll tell you what I do know. Give me some Tyler Lockett. Give me some DK Metcalf. 
Give me the Russell Wilson. Give me the Russell Wilson. Oh, you did. I got locketed hard. Jason got locketed hardcore. I was in in our home league, dude. I was up by fifty, just facing Tyler Lockett and Robbie and Zane Gonzalez. And then he scores that first touchdown. Michael's like, "Yo, you good?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm chilling. Don't worry." He scored that second long touchdown. I was like, "Oh, I'm still chilling. Don't worry." I was still up like twenty at that point, and then and then it was still all downhill. When Lockett gets twenty, and and you're like, "All right, I mean, what's he gonna get? 40? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Fuck you, Jason. You have too many championships. I, I hate you. That's there's what only, I do. There's only two people. There's only one person in the league. Two people in the league that have more championships than me. I have three championships. J- Jason, how, what do you, how many championships do you have? Jason, four. So like that. Yeah, Jason has four championships. It's three or four. I'm coming for you this year, man. My team is a juggernaut. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about in depth here? Uh, not really. Like you're starting Metcalf and Lockett, and then yeah. Yo, the tight ends for the Seahawks, Disley at four targets last week, Olsen at three, Hollister at four. Like, what? Dude. I wish they were all one person, because if it was just Disley, he'd be dope. Bro, we forgot George Kittle. Oh, because it's just so obvious that you're yeah. starting George Star, Kittle. Start George Kittle. All right, let's go over to the next game. Cowboys at the He's Eagles. He's the number one receiver. He's going to feast. Yeah. Cowboys at the Eagles. Look, Cowboys-Eagles does not have the same ring to it as it once did. Um, I refuse to learn this quarterback's name because he, it's Italian. I'm gonna call him the Italian guy. Cause I can't. Kidding me? It's Danucci. Danucci. There you go. So Danucci. No. So hard about Danucci. No. I don't want to. I don't want to remember his name. I have too many names to remember already, and he's not gonna stay ben around. Danucci. It's gonna be bad. Yo, the Eagles are about to turn up on the entire league. I think. I How do you it, know he's not gonna stay around, dude? Let me just like some of these blurbs though. Like Yahoo uses Roto World, and sometimes like their blurbs just confuse the shit out of me. Like they're good, whatever. I like their blurbs. I'm not hating or anything, but like the quarterback for the Jaguars who might start over Gardner Minshew. I for what the fuck's his name? Talking about names. Hold on. So they write a blurb about him like, oh, this guy was a very effective, like, I think he was an undrafted quarterback or something. Jake Lutton, like a very effective in college. They want to see what they have in Jake Lutton. But then like the blurb about Ben Denucci. I think it's Luton. Luton, fine. But then like the blurb about Jake Ben Denucci is like, oh, Ben Denucci. Well, he's the worst. (laughs) Said all your Cowboys. It's like, yo, what makes Jake Luton like, oh, this guy has potential. But Ben Denucci, no, no, get away. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? (laughs) They're both Ben Denucci. Like, let's get real. The Roto World blurb on Robert Woods right now is that at this point, him and Cooper Cup are both touchdown dependent wide receiver threes. It's like, yo, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? If we're going to shit on Roto, we could do that all day. These blurbs are mad dumb. Dude, some of these blurbs, like, how do you get paid? Some of these people, how do you get paid to write this? One of, the, one of them is still calling CD Lamb a wide receiver, too. It's like, bruh. <laughs> CD Lamb ain't no wide receiver, too, anymore. It's Ben DiNucci. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how? I, which Cowboys are you feeling good about playing in this game? Probably none. Literally he, zero. Yeah, even Zeke. Even Zeke. You don't feel good about any of them. Um. I'm going to plug our uh, Sleepers and Bust article now because Michael put some stuff in there. He took a giant OBJ-sized shit on Zeke. Giant. Giant enough where OBJ read it and was like, oh, God. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just plugging the article. I, I want people to go read it. Oh, oh. 
Okay. Well, the the gist of it being that Ezekiel Elliott is not only on a bad team now with a bad offensive line now, he's also been bad. And when you multiply bad by three, you don't just say, but he's Zeke. You panic. And right now, I can assure you, Michael's panicking when it comes to Zeke. I'm trying to find Zeke on Michael's rankings. 16 right now. So I, I'm going to give you some running backs. You tell me if you would start them over Zeke this week. Shoot. Ronald Jones. No. DeAndre Swift. No. Miles Gaskin. Very close, but no. Daryl Henderson. No. James Conner. Yes. Uh, CEH. Yes. Giovanni Bernard. Yes. Boston Scott. Yes. Okay. So that's where Jason's at with Zeke right now. Boston Scott over Zeke. (laughs) This is 2020 at its finest. Let's go over to the Eagles, though, because a surprise announcement today. Jalen Rager is going to play against the Dallas secondary that has been almost as bad as the Seahawks. Yeah. This could be a home run. I what well, real quick, I do have one stat that I have to say because it was hilarious for Zeke. The Eagles have allowed four players to top sixty rushing yards against them this season. Their names are Daryl Henderson, Ray Ray McLeod, Lamar Jackson, and Daniel Jones. That's how good they've been against the run. Bam bam. But yeah, the Eagles, man. If you want to just activate Raygor and put him into your lineup, I Will not encourage you, but I will not stop you. I'm giving you the slightest of nudges and saying, hmm, maybe there's something here, she. Maybe you should, she. Apparently. Because, like, okay, a copper. Yo, yeah. Raycor was getting more and more involved, and there's always the risk of this a rookie coming off a large layoff. But there's no one else there right now. So, and Fulgham's going to eat. This guy has three straight games over 10 targets. He played 96% of the snaps last week. Fulgham is a top 15 option this week. You can't tell me otherwise. You guys pronounce Rhaegar like he's fucking a Game of Thrones cal- character. Rhaegar. Prince Rhaegar. <laughs> Jalen Rhaegar, man. It's Rhaegar. <laughs> Rhaegar. That's not like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Rhaegar. The the javelin thrower. Uh, I, I, like, I like Carson Wentz in this game. I like Boston Scott in this game. I like a lot of Eagles in this game. I think the Eagles make a statement in this game. I think they blow out the Cowboys. I think the Eagles are are about to get set for a run. I think their Eagles have gone through the toughest part of their of their stretch and they're about to go on a run. Wentz and Rager. I think you're right. As long as there's a running back starting that isn't Miles Sanders, I'm still starting him. Boston Scott, look, you can say he got bailed out by a touchdown catch last week. But you know what? That's his best attribute. He catches the ball. And he had five targets. He had four targets the game before when Sanders got hurt. So keep firing up Boston Scott. He even had 12 rushes last week. And it's Dallas. Just fire up everyone. Carson Wentz is my quarterback one this week. Last game of the week is the Buccaneers at the Giants. The Buccaneers, big-time favorites on the road. Um, I think they're 14.5-point favorites on the road, so their real point total favorite is We're seven. We're up to the last game. Yeah. We, we didn't sing the Sunday Night Football song. It's because Michael's not here. Sunday night football on MSG. <laughs> no one understands Ray that and joke. Jon Snow are coming for thee. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You turned me. That was off the top of the head. You know how good dumb. at making songs. 
<laughs> um, Buccaneers at the Giants in this game. There's another one where like I have a problem starting any Giants. I just I just don't want to. Any Giants? I mean, who? Ah, that's a good point. I Sterling Shepard, maybe. I thought about it. Sterling Shepard is the person. Yeah. Ugh. Sterling Shepard is gross. The, um, I you can say gross, but he came right back last week and scored a touchdown and was the number one receiver. And look, you can't ignore six fifty nine and one. It's something. And most teams have trouble guarding the slot receiver. That's usually where, um, like. You know how running backs don't don't matter. There's a there's a little slot receivers don't matter trend growing, and that's just because it's harder to block slot receivers. And Sterling Shepard is not that bad. So, and honestly, if you look at the landscape right now in wide receiver land, it's not great, man. You want to hear my thirties right now? It's Denzel Mims, Claypool and Schuster against Baltimore, Marcus Callaway since Michael Thomas is out, Ray Gore, Zach Pascal, Jarvis Landry, like bruh. At that point, Sterling Shepard's a real play. Yeah, but only if you're at that point. Like, well, we're, the we're best talking thirties here, dude. Sure, but they, so a wide receiver three people in two wide receiver leagues. Not even thinking about him. Yeah, fine. Obviously, all right. Like, then I'm not talking about. Suck it, Tim. <laughs> Shepard is a play in most leagues. All right, fine. He's a play in some leagues. Slayton only had four targets with Shepard returning. Yuckaroo. He might be a he's, drop candidate at this point. Yeah, po- possibly. Like, what are you he's saving him a, for? Saving him for starting Shepard getting injured again. Yeah, I can't really argue with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he's dropped in a couple of weeks because people are going to hold out hope. Um, and then Evan Ingram, the true values continue to prove true. Uh, nine targets from Daniel Jones results in a didoo. Six for 46. The Ugh. tight end, 17. Um, so... Again, like he's a desperate play at this point. I would rather take a shot on Harrison Bryant. Um, I'd rather take a shot on Irv Smith. We didn't talk about. Uh, you spoke about the Vikings and Green Bay with um, Nick, I think it was. Yep. Uh, but Irv Smith has seen five plus targets in back to back games, coming off of a buy. Now I'd rather take a shot on Irv Smith, for example, than Evan Ingram. And the last team on the docket. Oh, and Devontae Freeman. Probably not healthy, so we're looking at Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis combo again. Wayne Gallman is the preferred one, but like, but like, really, I like Wayne Gallman, man. I liked him in this college. Is Tampa, I like him yo, now. Tampa Bay is a good run defense, man. They are, but I'm just saying. Shout out to Wayne you know, Gallman. You know what Wayne Gallman's line is going to be? Fourteen for sixty-two. No, twelve rushes, twenty-nine yards, ah, two, two targets, one catch, eight yards. It's Mark harsh. my words. It's harsh, Jason. It's harsh. Um, the Buccaneers have been very good. They look like a Super Bowl favorite at this point. It's got to feel a little good for Tom Brady. Like, you know how when, like, you break up with someone and then you see their pictures online and you're like, yo, this this guy, like, gained mad weight and, like, is only wearing sweatpants now or, or like, is dating an ugly girl. And I'm over here with, like, or, or the, the fucking... Or ugly guy. Don't discriminate. Or ugly guy. I don't know why I said girl. Dating you, basically. It's supposed to be my... <laughs> Uh, maybe she's dating it. Maybe, yeah, whatever. And then on the other side, it's like the I'm other, local. the others, the other person has like the hottest fucking person on their arm. I feel like that's Tom Brady right now. He's just like he broke up, so the other person go like, ugh. Now he's got the hot girl on his arm, just like chilling down the block. And that hot girl comes with 
many, many, many uh, perks. One I'm of those perks. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, what I'm going to add to that is, like, when, you're, when you focus on fantasy football, sometimes you just, like, forget to have fun with actual football. Because, like, it wasn't great for fantasy purposes. But this team is now Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. That's dope. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. That's fire. <laughs> and Ronald Jones, too, it man. It might suck for fantasy, but dope. Yeah, man. It's cool. It's cool names. Cool team to watch. I'm like, <laughs> I like cool them, bro. I, this is the first time I could root for Tom Brady. Like, I'm fu- I want Tom Brady to win for the first time in my oh, life. Yeah, he's won enough. No, fuck that. I wanted, to, I wanted to do it again. I like greatness, man. I always said, I, Tom Brady, if anyone asked me what it was like watching him, I'm going to say, I fucking hate that guy, but I respect him. He made, my, he made my teenage years a living hell in terms of football, but he also gave me my best moment when the Jets beat them to go to the AFC Championship game, only to lose to the Steelers on a fucking Mark Sanchez fumble. Anyway, um, Buccaneers. Focus on this week. Yeah, Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady's a play against the Giants. We all yep. know Tom Brady's history against the Giants. Uh, My only concern with Brady is, um, like, they, that it might be a running back game. Right, they might get, not even need him. They get up too much. Yeah. What do What do you make about these running backs then? Uh, before we like get against the against Carolina, he was he put up ten fantasy points. Like, there's just some games where you're not needed. Do you think uh, my thoughts about who? About the running backs. Oh, the running backs. Yeah, you keep mentioning Ronald Jones, but. He was basically benched last week for Ronald Fournette. Ah, um, stop it. What are you talking about? Stop it. After Rojo dropped the pass, Fournette took over. He played 55% of the snaps. Rojo played 43. It's not benching. 43% of the snaps is not a bench. It's not Most as good of it as came it before the fumble. Exactly. That's why it's not I a mean, bench. Before the drop pass. Tell me where you heard this story before. Ronald aye, Jones. Aye. Ronald Jones fumbles the ball. Leonard Fournette it was comes a drop in. Pass. Ronald Jones becomes the main guy again. It's the same story again. When are you going to learn? It was a dropped pass, to be clear. And if we're going to talk about the same story, yes, we can talk about we can talk about same story because all Rojo does is drop passes. Please. Anyway, because of the uncertainty, but because of the great matchup, I have them back-to-back in my rankings. Fournette running back 19, Rojo 20. It's Look, it could be another week where they both score touchdowns. It's just like... It's so hard to know, but the matchup is so juicy, and I'm ready to be hurt. That's I'd rather start Fournette if I have two. Oh, interesting. Rather start Fournette. That's a hot take, I think. I think it's still Ronald Jones. I think you're a little uh, late to get off the Rojo train, bro. He got benched last week. He got benched because he dropped the ball. So you want to make another bet? Who plays when? more snaps? I will make a bet of who scores more fantasy points. No, it's who plays more snaps because I'm no. saying Fournette took over the reins. No, no, I don't want to do that because that's a possibility. Fine, I'll bet fantasy points too. Fine. The fuck? The fuck? The fuck? The fuck? <laughs> what about these outside Actually, options? Consensus Fantasy Pros agrees with you. They have Rojo at 16 and Fournette at 22. But Consensus can suck my balls. So what do you got? Mr. Garrison. All right, now what do you got on the outside? Because Chris Godwin's going to miss another game. Mike Evans has been amazing with Chris Godwin's in the game. I mean... Chris Godwin is not in the game. He's been terrible when Chris Godwin plays. Chris Godwin is not going to play. Correct. Mike and Evans could be even, great. Yeah. Uh, the the weirdness of Mike Evans continues. Like, you want to talk about boom bust. This is a whole other level, man. Um, 
the thing is, he's been a touchdown machine. He has six touchdowns in seven games. The reason he sucked so much last two weeks is because he had two targets in each game with zero touchdowns. He was basically their goal line running back for a little while. Um, I'm not completely sold on him still, even though Godwin is out. But we've seen at this point that in games where, I mean, I can just tell you, in games where Godwin has, uh, Evans has seen eight or more targets, he's been the wide receiver 25 or better every time. So this week, he is a top 24 receiver. He's going to see more than eight or more targets. It just, that's what's going to happen. Anyone else on this offense you'd like to talk about? What's uh, Scotty Miller. Gronk? Look, look, Scotty Miller, like, out of nowhere again last week. You really never know what you're getting with this guy. And then, so there's a, like, you can take an upside shot there. There's also a huge downside, right? So, um, but I don't hate you if you start him because you're dealing with some injuries or bye weeks or something. I do want to note Tyler Johnson. Um, last time Chris Godwin was, was Godwin was out. Tyler Johnson, six targets, four catches, sixty-one yards. Um, he actually has a touchdown in each of the last two weeks, even though he's only seen three targets, only one less than Mike Evans. Let's note that. And the Giants have been awful against slot receivers, legit awful. So I would not be surprised if Tyler Johnson is a surprise player that puts up some points what about Gronk but I'm Gr- digging deep there look we we didn't like Gronk in the early going of the year but things change and when OJ Howard went down Gronk's production went up and I don't think that's a coincidence Gronk is oh tight end one set it and forget it am I am I bugging no you're not you set that Gronk and you forget that Gronk because he is going to spike that ball. Two touchdowns in the last two weeks, back-to-back weeks. He's had very similar back-to-back weeks, actually. Eight targets, five catches in both weeks. One for 78 yards, one 62 yards. He is back at it, man. The last, he's had six targets or more in three games in a row. Six targets or more in four out of the last five. He is a part of the offense now. And his touchdown catches are nice ones, man. Like, they're... Classic Brady to Gronk jump ball type touchdown catches, and he's still making the plays. He's not as fast as he once was, but fire up Gronk. Jason, I think we're done. I think that is all for us. We did it. Nine games. We did it. We did it. Part two. We're going to sign off quick because I want to edit this and get it up for you guys as quick as possible. Jason, where can they find you? Find me at BrotoFF, Jason. Find me at BrotoFF, Tim. You can find Michael at BrotoFF, Mike. See what we did there. Also, you can find us at BrotoFantasy uh, for all of us. Uh, BrotoFantasy.com is the hub for everything BrotoFantasy, including true throw values, true target values, rankings, waivers, uh, articles, and everything in between. Uh, Thank you guys who have been going to the website. The traffic has been crazy, and it has been... Yeah, it's been growing uh, significantly. So we thank you all who have been going to the website and using us as your resource. Uh, The fact that it's growing makes us hopeful that you have been winning because you have been listening to us. So um, good shit. That's why we're here. Um, And what else? Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want to support the show and get more episodes and uh, make this our jobs because we want to make this our jobs. That's That's the goal. Anyway. Uh, with that being said, Jason, you ready? Ready for what? <laughs> to, to go? 
to end the episode? Are you ready? Yeah. It's weird. This is usually what you say before we drop the music. You know what? You're right. That That is a weird thing to say. It's time right, to drop fine, the music. Is fine, that why Jason, you're asking me? Is are you, Monster Mash time Are you again? fucking pumped? <laughs> Let's do the mash. Are you fucking ready? Happy Halloween, y'all. Happy Halloween, everyone. Later.